If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Moms Talk Autism today. We are so glad you are here with us. This topic today is an age-old question, to medicate or not to medicate. Join us as we delve into this topic and decide what the heck we're going to do with these kids and their medications. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Okay, we're back. Everyone is laughing at me because of my intro. <laughs> Feeling a little goofy today. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh my gosh, I just love it. What are we going to do with these kids? I don't know. I think that's the biggest question. What am I going to do with myself? Not even what our kids. What are we going to do with children? ourselves? Like, I am. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm more concerned about what am I going to do with myself? Yeah, I know. Jean, really, Jean's back there. She's the she's the thinker. She's the, <laughs> I'm just she like is the thinker. I'm like I don't. I I know. I yeah. I don't know. I feel like a mess. I have to tell everyone, guys. We had a meeting right before this to just go over some logistic things, and at one point, oh. Jean was was contemplative, and <laughs> and sometimes when Jean is contemplative, she'll like bite her nails a little a bit, little bit, and. T- I was trying to be I nice. <laughs> and then and Tosh Tosh got on at one point and she says, Jean, Jean, are you okay? Yeah, and it was Jean, good. Jean stopped for a second. She's like, Yeah, I'm just thinking. <laughs> Jean's the thinker. And we're all She's, like, Yeah. Sometimes we just need a minute. It's like rebooting the system. Just give us a second. So my hard drive oh, is having a hard time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's We're not that, computing it. It's that maximum. It's speed like today. it's like uh, when you're in the internet or you're on like Chrome or whatever, and the the timer yeah. is still turning. It's like the 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 Mac the the circs the it's like rainbow wheel of death. Like the page will not refresh because the page can't decide where the page wants to be. It's like it needs to decide. Gee, that means that means you need a shutdown and a reboot. So. <laughs> Can I get one of those, please? I do. I am. I'm going to yes. put myself in my own shutdown and reboot, kind of. I think. Yes. I don't really know. Yes. We're going to see how this goes this weekend. <laughs> it's a real, it's it's a real, uh, it's a real juggle. <laughs> um. All right. Well. So here we go. Here, here, here's <laughs> back on topic. We, uh, we all take medication. Um. Um. Also, the three of us. Also have our children on medication. Um, so, but it obviously was not so cut and dry uh, as I just laid it out there like that. But I just felt like right. let's just rip the bandaid off and uh, let's let everybody know uh, how it is. Um, I will with that with all seriousness though. We uh, especially when you are entering it for the first time, like where it's been, where you are confronted with it with the question of whether or not medication is something that you guys are, you know, you're going to use or not. Um, there is a reluctancy and, and I was, for me, I was happy that our own neurologist has that natural reluctancy 
that's why I also know the 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 seriousness and the and the caliber of the recommendation that he was delivering when he finally did say, "I really think we need to use medication here." Um, it made it a lot easier for me to make that decision. But you know, not everybody's you know everybody's in different houses with this because you know one no one ever wants to no one ever really wants to medicate their child. Like, let's be serious. Like, do we really want, you know, I think even in adulthood, we were like, you know, if we don't need to have added things to do to help ourselves function better or easy more easily, um, then we'd rather not uh, have to do that. But, you know, but it's a tool and, it can have positive life changing um, results. Um, Absolutely. So, and that, and that was definitely the case for us with Rory. Um, I think Tashi had a similar experience to that. Yeah. We, yes. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And I am, like you said, I'm medicated myself and I know how much it's changed. So I think too, just kind of, um, just a little side note: We are obviously not medical professionals. Um, <laughs> also, this is something that you <laughs> that you need to speak with your child's pediatrician about. But um, I think for me, the biggest thing is breaking that stigma that so many people have with them in the medication world, you know, or in you know to to medicate or not to medicate. Um, so wherever you're sitting at in 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 that boat, don't you know. This, this this is a no judgment zone, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, you got you got to do what's right for you yourself and what's right for your child. So, um, and I think yeah. it's really important to point out too that what you think is right currently or in this moment, it can change. Yeah, whether absolutely. that means we don't need medication right now, but you know, maybe a year from now you do, and then maybe a year after that, it's not necessary anymore, or you can change it. It is not a fixed thing that is forever and ever. This is what it's going to be for the rest of your life. I mean, sometimes it is, but I think in most cases, in general, it that's not how it is. It does yeah. change and ebb and flow as children grow and needs change and abilities change. So just yeah. keep that in mind. This isn't and this isn't it. You know, it's not the maybe- only thing that's going to happen. Yeah, maybe each of us sharing because obviously there is lots of different medications for different um, yeah. situations. So maybe just our audience having a better idea of what our children um, actually take medication mm-hmm. for yep. will be a good, you know, a good. Yeah. Um, so so Rory segue. Rory takes it for basically his ADHD, um, the uh, managing his impulses. Um, that's like the ADHD part of his brain, or at least the the way that the the way that the impulses in his brains were causing him, you know, to behave. Um, there was no middle ground. There was no kind of you no know, ability to, um, or he was losing ability to be able to do more critical thinking and evaluate and assess. If, if a situation was dangerous or not. Um, so because he was young, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put him on a stimulant and his, and his ADHD was, is more about inattentive and not, um, and not necessarily hyperactive. So we, because of that, we felt like, a non-stimulant was the direction to go. And when we started out, um, he was of course only taking liquids at that time. So we actually had to do it through a compound pharmacy. Um, and then quickly, once he, um, once we actually had to even transition to a time release dosage, and then that's when we had to go to tablets. He was already swallowing tablets, which so that was great. So it was actually a short-lived window of having to do this compound pharmacy thing, um, which was really quite a pain. Um, but it's there if you need it. Um, yeah, like I've had to use yeah, those before. I mean, it, it's there if you need it. Um, they're just maybe uh, 
explain that a little bit, Jean? Uh, compound pharmacy. I mean, to the be- best of your knowledge, right. so, knowledge, so con- knowledge, so knowledge. They're they're specific. <laughs> um, they're able to do the pharmacist. They're actually able to break down the compositions of a drug um, or a pharmaceutical and change its change its form essentially for you to make it adaptable to you. Typical pharmacies like like a a grocery store or something like that, something that's like really mainstream that you're not going to, you have to, they have to distribute it based on how it comes. So that makes, makes sense. And I'm sure there's a lot more like liability purposes, reasons behind that. Um, But usually, you know, it's more of like your, your neighborhood type uh, pharmacy um, that you, that would be classified as a compound pharmacy, which compound pharmacies can be really cool. They're gonna be really cool, uh, things in there. Um, if you, especially if you're a holistical person, um, not saying that I'm not cause I am, but I'm not, not like a hundred percent on either side of the tracks here. So, um, best of both worlds. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a, I have a very integrated approach to everything in life. Um, mm-hmm. and we saw a great change with the guanthacine. I mean, it was life-changing. He was having serious elopements that were like 18 to 20 times a day that then went down immediately within the first week, even down to maybe one or two occasions, right? To then, to the point where it was basically zero. Um, Mm. There was different types of elopement, but it wasn't elopement into dangerous situations. He was able to right. assess situations and be much more like regulated. He wasn't, it did not, it did not, the adjustment period for it, cause it is a, it does lower the blood, glycine does lower the blood pressure. Um, there was a bounce of lethargy that we were doing while he was trying to find his equilibrium with the, with the medication. Um, and it is also something that as he grew, you know, is uh, physiologically, the dosage also had to be adjusted and changed. That's something we yeah. constantly yeah. have to revisit. Um, right now they have him at the max amount that they would give him. Um, they have, for his. Right. For his, for, for even, I guess, his age and his size. But age and his size. We had yeah. to, but there was something else we realized we needed like we needed to either have an increase again, and this was just like recently, it was like in a couple months ago, um, they had recommended either a stimulant, which I wasn't ready to do because his, to me, his eating repertoire isn't where it needs to be. And being that one of the side effects is loss of, ap- loss of appetite, that was like, well, that is not something we want uh, just quite yet. Um, so if I can hold right. that off for a while, but then they uh, recommended uh, Stratera. Um, so mm-hmm. the combination of both the Quamphacine and the Stratera, again, are just, it's, it is anytime we make those adjustments again, as he grows, cause he's just went through a growth spurt. It, it has such a positive effect. It's a, it's a tool. It doesn't fix things. It just enables, you know, his day-to-day life and, and therapies and hit, how he's educated. It allows mm-hmm. those things to, um, I guess for him to thrive. Yeah. yeah it, to thrive better. Right. Those right. And, and just acquisition all around. Like it's just, again, it's right. a tool just as minor. I just had to explain it. You know, this is not <laughs> the solution. This is just a tool. You'll have many, many, many tools. So, um, he gets very specific about that language. And I think, cause there was, I think doctors or practitioners in general are better with that now, you know, making sure they're not over prescribing or just like, you know, writing off scripts and not treating the patient per se. Um, So there was like a reputation of that. And so there was why even insurance companies were, you know, reluctant to authorize um, that because they were questioning the care of the, of the individual. So anyhow, needless to say, you're definitely in a more, I find us in a spot more today where they're definitely looking closer at all of those variables. Um, and then, you know, he, because 
there are the, one of the main side effects to specifically guampacine is constipation. So that was something we had to balance out. Um, so I have supplements for him to help him um, with that, to help with his gut. Uh, cause that was obviously, cause he doesn't eat enough fiber and fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. What's that? He eats fruit by the foot. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I Absolutely. Love it does. <laughs> fruit roll no, up. Like I grew up on that fruit roll, fruit roll up, up. <laughs> yogurt, you know, that's pretty much and so, as fruity as it gets. Jean, just really quickly so that they, people have, um, clarification. The guava scene is an ADHD medication, just a non-stimulant. Yeah. You know, you'll see they okay. use it again. They use it for kids with, they use it for autism too, because there's a lot of, and again, they, uh, a lot of people don't know that their child has both ADHD and autism. And a lot of people either, either look at those drugs and they pretty much use them for both. So whether you have just autism or you have just ADHD, you'll find that at least, you know, in our two sons' cases, for sure, they use these medications yeah, commonly, it, it kind of- yeah, to treat both. But for him, it was very specific that we, there was a distinction of this type of impulse that Lori was having. And I kept pointing it out to all of our care providers and our, even our educational team. I was like, this is not autism. Like there's something else at work here. What is it? What is it? What is it? And we were living like that for like almost a year until we were back to our neurologist. And then he was like, remember I said, I thought possible ADHD. And I was like, duh. Okay. So that was my next question. Was Rory, when he got his uh, diagnosis, ADHD wasn't part of it or you just don't, you didn't remember? You didn't. No, it wasn't. It it didn't. um, I guess one of our follow-up visits after his initial autism diagnosis, he had told me, I'm suspecting there's potential for ADHD. Um, I'm not quite sure yet. Let's just keep an eye on it. Um, And for whatever reason, even though at that time, I remember coming home and you know, giving Brad like the breakdown of that conversation. But as we were experiencing these other things, it was just like no one else was p- noticing it and didn't assign it that way. So it's just like that idea can completely have left my mind. And that's like one thing to pay attention to is that care providers, if they're specialists, tend to like have their lens, right? A very unique lens. And it can kind of shut out other lenses that need to be considered because they get so in their own vacuum, you know, and, um, that, you know, had someone have even said to me, you know what, Mrs. Mayer, <laughs> you should, uh, probably maybe move up your appointment with your neurologist because I agree with you. I think there's something else going on, but instead we just were, you know, doing, redoing his targets inside of his treatment plans and, you know, treating everything, like a behavior and not realizing like there needs to be something else and there is something else going on worth investigating. Um, investigating and, yeah. and no yeah. one, you know, we're talking about a team of like 30 people. I ever specifically remember at that time between teachers and therapists with school and privately total, we had like 30 different people. No one ever <laughs> like out of 30 people, no one was like, hmm. Hey, interesting. Yeah. Right. So it's like really important to not just limit yourself to certain houses of thinking. You have to like expand right. that because that was life-changing for us. We had a new lease on life. We could go on a car ride. Yeah. We couldn't even yeah. be in the car. It wasn't even safe for him to be in the car. Um, like that was really impairing our, our lives and his life. Um, even he had to go in a car, but it was, it was dangerous every single day going back and forth to therapy and school. Um, but anyhow, but he's, that's all manageable. It's interesting. Now. Yeah. And it's interesting because I mean, you know, um, Jack was not impulsive uh, in that kind of way in a, in a, in a, in the way of, you know, that could be harmful um, for him safety wise um maybe maybe slightly but not not to that degree his his is definitely that hyper um you know hyperactivity so um 
when when we decided to put Jack on medication, it wasn't until, hang on, let me think about this timeline because the big C always has me so confused about what year was what. Um, so we put Jack on ADHD medication his first grade year. Um, so, so last school year, uh, and it was, you know, for, for Jack, like it, it was apparent early on, early on, you know, when people would say to us, oh, he's just a, he's just a three-year-old little boy. He's just hyper. They're just, they're all just hyper. Um, but Jack struggled and, th- and that was one of our other, you know, noticeable things and, and why we sus- possibly suspected autism because Jack was just very, um, the focus has never been there, never been there. So, uh, yeah, his first grade years when we chose to put him on medication and it was a struggle for me. It was, um, you know, there's such a stigma around medication and you've just from past things that you've heard from, especially our generation, right. Of growing up, it was like, you know, Oh, that's not something you do, you know, like that, then everybody's just medicating their child, you know, um, I don't know. So it it was hard. It was very, very hard for me to choose to do it. It took me, me and Tyler, probably a good six months of thinking it over before we, we, we finally, um, made the decision. And I will tell you, it has been the best decision that we have made for Jack for now, for now, you know, um, it, it's a night and day difference, you know, and, and, and he's not, it's not like he's a bad kid when he's not on it. You know, he's just, he just really, really struggles. I mean, even at home in his own environment where he can just have downtime and it, and it's not important for him to maybe have as much focus. It can be really, really, bothersome in his behaviors and acting out um, because that's just that, I don't know, like what you call it, doing that executive, you know, function executive is just, function. Mm-hmm. yeah, is just not there. It's just not there, you know? So uh, it was, it was super important for us, for the school, the school side of it to, you know, for him to have that because, um, you know, Jack will learn things in his time and he will do things in his time, but he was getting just he was constantly getting in trouble, um, you know, because he was kind of doing the eloping thing at school. He would just, you know, get up and try to leave the classroom or um, the scripting. Jack is a scripter. So it was the, the scripting was like on volume, you know, 10. It was just loud and, and um, you know, would interrupt the rest of the children. So, yeah, we are I think on it's a, a stimulant. You're on a stimulant. Yeah. We are I think on a stimulant. Yeah. I think it's really important to to highlight and, uh, you know, we, we can't dive too much into this because it's kind of a separate topic, but um, we are not trying to change our kids. We're no, not trying to like. Not at all. But but it's it's a quality of life and it's a ability to be able to function even at the most basic level in the world. I mean, I don't want to speak for you girls when I say these things, but for me, it it is that way. And, um, and it's, and some medications are essential for you to live. I mean, we're not talking about that specifically right now, but you know, there's, there's lots of benefits to medication, but it's not about changing your kid or, you know, altering them so much in their personality or in their way of thinking or their, the light in their eyes that, you know, you want to, yeah, to, you know, fundamentally right. change who they are. Right. And it's a I delicate think, I, balance. Right. I think that I was, was looking such for that stigma, like, you know? Yeah. That's where the stigma can come in. I, uh, what right. were you looking I for, Jean? I was looking for that. I was looking for, is this going to make my kid a total zombie? Is it going to take right. the, the liveliness out of him? I was, right. I was worried about that. And that was, you know, had to take time to observe that. And, um, some medications, again, it takes time to reach the, the therapeutic level of them. So you have, you have to give it time to even notice something. Um, right. Right. I know and evaluate what, what is a side effect. Um, and then if it's negatively right. impacting that child. So I remember, especially those first few weeks, like how lethargic he was, like just being so nervous, right. Being so scared. Um, because I'm like, oh my God, I'm purposely right. changing 
something physiologically in my child right now. And, you know, you're sitting here weighing as, is this worth it? Is it worth it? And so it was a matter of me being patient to see that Mm -hmm. through, to see how that would be. And also advising his teams because what a lot of the teams would see is that lethargy and like, oh, he's getting sick. I said, no, he just had a medication Mm -hmm. adjustment. And it was really kind of annoying because he also, during that initial change, like anytime we've had an adjustment to the guanthacine, which again, there's no more adjustments to guanthacine. So we don't have to endure that anymore, but he would kind of spike a small fever. It was weird. Mm. Um, Interesting. And then they're like, oh, he's getting sick. I said, he's not, he's, he's not sick. He just had the adjustment thing. It was just such a bizarre thing but i'm like yeah. i had to everybody reacts differently explain to things. it know, and right. explain it like over and over again and i was like i'm not making this up <laughs> like mm-hmm. i actually even got front note from the doctor even kind of explaining this like this is not he's fine he's fine to be where he is and if anything he kind of needs to be um still maintaining his cadence and like his typical day why his body is adjusting to things Cause he's not, right. he wasn't complaining. He wasn't even like, I don't feel like doing this. Well, yeah. that, that can be the hard part of it too, right? Is that some of our children don't even have the language to express if, if right. how the, how the medication even issue. makes them feel, you know, like, I <laughs> yep, mean, that's my problem. I can ask Jack, like, do you feel okay taking this medication? And he, he's, you know, he can't, he'll just say yes or no. And, you know, and, and I don't really know what, what is what, you know? And, and so that, that can also be a hard part of it is just knowing like, okay, really reading those cues of seeing their, the changes in their behavior, changes in, um, everything from emotionally to physically, all of it, you yeah. know? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So Brittany, you well, had said, um, you were saying, um, before we got off on that, but you were saying like, uh, that again, you're, you, you've made this decision to, to improve the quality of your child's life, um, not to yes. change them. So how is yeah. that? What is it? What's, what's like, what's that look like for Austin? Cause he's also our oldest kid too, in this group. Right. Um, it's been a long journey for us and it is, it, it's, continuing on. This is, we're not, you know, there's no end to it right now. But um, I will say that I grew up, my dad is in the medical field. So um, he works in a hospital. So I grew up very comfortable around hospitals and doctors and medications and operating rooms and x-ray machines and all that kind of stuff. So um, that I I might have a unique, um, you know, uh, experience just being literally growing up um, around that kind of medical, um, equipment and things. But, um, you know, my oldest was on some AD, ADD medication in elementary school for a while. So I kind of had a beginning there with that. Um, my, my third boy, Tyler, um, got RSV when he was two weeks old and he did nebulizers and inhalers when he was a baby. So medication has always kind of been a part of our lives um, in one form or another for some of my children. And Austin didn't really start any medication until he was um, around, I want to say four or five. I think it was four, um, you know, toddler, mid mid toddler age. Um, And it was only for sleep. Um, he would not, he, he was an amazing sleeper as a baby. He was probably my best one. And then as he got into those, you know, three, four, five age, um, he stopped sleeping through the night. Um, we had had his diagnosis at that point. Um, we were doing all the therapies and all the things. Um, I had three young boys, uh, and Austin was not sleeping. Um, my husband was also working nights, Um, and so my husband was up all night at work. I was up all night with Austin and we had to take turns sleeping during the day. And it got to the point where I physically started, my body started to shut down because I wasn't getting enough rest. And when I say he wouldn't sleep, um, he would be up and manically running around the house for hours, 
just just like he had drank an energy drink and was just zipping around like he would run around the couch in circles for hours two three four five in the morning um, and he needed to be supervised he's a toddler right so uh, it was exhausting um, and it got to the point where like my hair literally started to fall out because I I was so sleep deprived um, and and this whole time we had we had we were working with doctors we were trying to find something that worked and it took a while um, and through his neurologist we were able to find a medication to help him sleep now we have changed his sleep medications several times over um, and I think we even tried one or two before we found one that worked um, so it wasn't an immediate amazing transformation. We talked to the doctor and boom, you know, the next day he was sleeping through the night. It took time. Um, but we were able to find something. And I can't even remember, honestly, what we've, what we started off with. Doug probably remembers because he has a better memory than I do, but, uh, we tried a, a few different things. And, um, one of them I do remember was typically used for seizures, but you could also use it for children with autism, kind of like you were saying, Jean, there's multiple functions for medications. And mm-hmm. some of that even depends on the age of the child or the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we 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 went with a few different ones. We've tried guampensine too, actually, um, for Austin. And and I did it for a while, but then it 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 really didn't uh we didn't see a lot of benefits. Um and and I just want to point that out. Like you may have to try a few things and mm-hmm. something may work for a little bit and then it doesn't anymore. And I know it's exhausting and it's maybe a little stressful to hear that, but, but you do have to, you know, change, change does happen and and you do have to adjust accordingly sometimes. So we started off with sleep meds and then we moved as he got a little older. um, We decided to add something more for an impulse regulation, kind of like you girls were saying with your boys. Um, and we, so we did that for a while. We tried a few different things and found um, a couple of different different meds that worked. Um, and we also had uh, a muscle relaxer that we use um, at times to help him calm down when he would get extremely agitated. It wasn't used very often. Um, it for that for that reason, but it, it we had it in our back pocket and it gave me peace of mind. And it was one of those ones that it would, you know, four or five, six hours and then it would kind of fade off. Kind of like you would with Advil or Tylenol or something. It wasn't a long acting medication. Um and we we trudged along with those meds for for quite some time. And then a, a beautiful, wonderful <laughs> thing happened called puberty. Mm. And let me tell you, everybody, puberty, we all know puberty's rough, <laughs> but you throw in a non-speaking, um, you know, grown man, child, grown man, child. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think of a way to say that <laughs> man, child, <laughs> like Austin. And, uh, it, 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 it becomes a whole nother level. Um, he was already beginning to have aggression and, um, some some significant impulse control before COVID happened, but uh, COVID I, I've spoken about this before, but COVID really, really exacerbated every aspect that, you know, of his behaviors that we were experiencing. And it made it to the point where we were, we were in survival mode every day. We were concerned not only for his safety because he was, not only being aggressive towards others, but himself. Um, and we were we were concerned about the safety of the family, the other kids in the house, myself, my husband, and the actual house itself. Um, property damage, significant property damage. Um, we we were desperate, and so we uh, were able to. This is right in the middle of the worst part of COVID when everything was very shut down. We were able to do a lot of telehealth. Thank goodness for for video conferences with doctors, and um, we added a not only to a neurologist. We had a neurologist, but we added a pediatric psychiatrist, um, a gastroenterologist, a pediatric endocrinologist. Um, we were checking hormone levels. We were checking, you know, all, all sorts of things, and we were able to help him. We were able to find some medications through his psychiatrist that have helped regulate some of his aggressions. And the idea for this current medication he is on is 
is is not forever. You know, I'm really hoping that it is to get through this this time of raging hormones and and this this pent up aggression that he seems to be displaying for one reason or another. Um, and at, as we have made journeys through this this medications, we've we've tried a few different things. The constipation has has increased, as, and that's a side effect of of the drugs. So um, now we're battling a constipation issue, a significant constipation issue. Um, and so you add other medications to help with that. And I'm not saying that we're doing it perfectly, or I have all the answers, or yeah. you know, I, I we could be going about this completely wrong. But this is this is the path that we've chosen, and this is the best I can do right now. Um, and so, um, thankfully, over the last probably four or five months, we've really been able to work working with our team and it is a literal team of doctors. <laughs> we were, a, we've been able to kind of regulate the constipation and help him um, get his kind of gut back together. We are doing that through uh, prescribed medication, over the counter constipation medications that anyone can find probiotics and a supplement. Uh, Austin takes we call it his cocktail. He gets cocktails of meds, um, and and we were able to to work through all of that. So um, that's a lot to process. Hopefully, I haven't overwhelmed anyone. But no, Austin no, no. takes a lot of meds. Um, it is not because I'm trying to ter- cure his autism or fix it or or change his life in any significant way, other than to help him regulate himself and be able to function even minimally, you know, as, as a teenager, but also to keep him safe. It is vital to keep him safe, not only from himself and, but for others around him. Um, it's just that extreme, um, Mm -hmm. right now. Um, and I don't know a lot of people that are in my position. This is an extreme example. I'll say it again. Um, uh, but there are there are some of us out there, and um, from what I hear, it's not it's not every case, it's not every person. But from what I hear, is once you do get through those hormonal teenage years, and your body finishes growing, and and those hormones you know regulate themselves into your late teens or early twenties, that those aggressive behaviors can dissipate. Mm -hmm. And that is my hope and prayer every morning, every day, every night, that that is the case for us and and that we will be able to reduce a lot of these um, medications for him as he gets a little older. And and we're also continuing to do all the therapies as well. We are trying to find ways to help him communicate what he needs and feels um, instead of, you know, in addition to the medication. So he can, he can, tell us what he needs and, and what's wrong or, you know, what, what we can do to help him. So, um, what am I forgetting girls? Is that no, I a think, good overview? I think, no, I, 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 and I, I will think, say that it's not just girl. It's not just boys. It's also girls yes. that sure. You know, who are autistic and they're on the spectrum. It is very common. So if you weren't someone who, had to medicate prior to puberty more, most likely you'll probably be looking at that come hit puberty. It's like, I'm, it's something to mind, keep in mind yeah. at the very least. Right. Like yeah. when you're wondering, yeah. like, well, cause we all, I mean, I, again, my, but you, you have typical kids who are older too, and they're currently mm-hmm. teens. I raise my nieces and I will tell you firsthand that again, once they started hitting 10, I started to see like other demons take over their body <laughs> and they started to change. And you're like, where does this sweet little girl go? Like here? what's going on? And it, it was fleeting. They weren't like long durations, but you started yeah. to, it started to display itself and was like, Hey, I'm just right around the corner. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's, Knowing to recognize that if you start seeing that in your, in your, I think knowing that it is very normal and probably should be anticipated. Um, right. And all of, all of these changes and everything that we've done for Austin, it is, they are not, 
these decisions have not been taken lightly. There has been a lot of research done on our yeah. parts. Um, there have been like I've asked doctors to send me clinical studies so I can read up on things before we begin. I have gotten multiple opinions from doctors. I have talked to, I've had appointments with a psychiatrist and then a gastroenterologist the next day to talk about, you know, these things. I've had the doctors communicate with each other. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of, of back room kind of, yeah, you know, moving parts. Work. Yeah. It's not just like, okay, well, let's try this. And you just throw it at the kit. Like, Right. There, there, there's a lot that goes into it. And um, sometimes it is really simple as just like a, a sleep med and other mm -hmm. times it, it can be quite complicated. So just keep that in mind as well. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing that I wanted to touch on is that, you know, all of these kids are going to have different different things. You know what I mean? Some, mm -hmm. some don't have an ADHD diagnosis or, you know, maybe there's just people that need to do something for sleep. Maybe I've heard from so many of our listeners and, um, and social media platform that their children start to have severe anxiety, you know? Um, yes. So it, there's a, a world of, of situational things. There's a world of, um, you know, side diagnosis. Um, yes. So that's, that's also part of our journey yeah. is there's an anxiety level to it. I will, say, to I will it. say too, by the yeah. way, Rory has anxiety and the guanfacine was something that I, we saw helps with that. helped with that. Mm -hmm. And um, he, we have tried um, other anxiety meds, like they tried hydrox hydroxazine. I did not see, mm -hmm. I didn't see it. See, and we're on hydroxazine right now and it's been helpful. Right. So you, right. just, you just never know. <laughs> Every human is just so, 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 right. so, so different. different. Um, and it changes. I mean, Austin's mm -hmm. bigger, larger than I am right now. Even just the dosage, you know, it can change. Um, um, something else to consider too, and just keep in mind, you know, if you're struggling, like Austin sometimes will get really, he gets car sick. Um, and so if we go on a trip to go see grandma and grandpa, his pediatrician will just give me a couple of anti-nausea pills just yeah. for those trips. You know, you can ask for specific things for specific times just for little things like that. Yeah. Um, right now, um, the anxiety medication that we have as an as-needed basis, if we're having a really aggressive episode, it is not working anymore. Um, Austin is reacting negatively to it in a way because he can't tell me. <laughs> I'm just reading his his cues. He's either I'm guessing he's either feeling nauseous or dizzy when he's on this medication when it starts to work because um, it can make you feel a little drowsy. So I I'm going back to the table with a neurologist and we have an appointment coming up to try something new and it might affect. You know, there might be a domino effect, which is something I need to be very, very aware of. Um, so, yeah, they can all affect each other. It's really important to keep each of your doctors up to date on all the meds um, so they have the full picture. And if a doctor prescribes something and you you can, you know, give it a try, if it's not working, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share Shannon's um, little little story and she will talk about more about this on social media. She's not with us today, but she tried a medication for Gracie. I think she had to, she was told to give it like six weeks or eight weeks to start working. Um, and three weeks in, Gracie was miserable and mm -hmm. Shannon was miserable and everyone was miserable. And Shannon called the doctor and she's like, look, this is not working. We're seeing some really, like, I don't think we're going to make it. And the doctor was very compassionate and said, absolutely stop it immediately. We will try something else. You don't need to wait the full eight weeks if you're seeing this and this and this happening. So being really vocal with your doctor and letting them, you know, giving them updates, especially if it's something that you have to try for a while is a good idea. Um, and Shannon got Gracie off of it and, and it's been much better, you know, it was, it was the right choice to make for them. So in that mm -hmm. same, um, <laughs> that's that, uh, same take of when you were talking about how the doctor will give you, um, anti-nausea meds for trips, you know, for these yeah. short duration type thing or more acute things. Um, mm -hmm. I remember and this was before Rory was medicated. This was actually not that long after initial diagnosis. It was like six months after he was starting a new school. It was a communications uh, school that specialized in kids that had varying d different types of communication disorders. Um, so it wasn't, it was, even though it was a school that was 
honed around children with disabilities. It wasn't all kids that are autistic. About 10% of the student body was autistic. Um, the trust, one of the trustees of that school, one of the board members was like, <laughs> she talked about how her child is an adult now, but she was saying during school, you know, those school aged years, she said, I had to call my doctor to up my meds during the transition back into the school year. And I looked at her, <laughs> That's right. like my eyes got all big and I was like, oh my gosh, what is going to come on my life? Right. But I'm not kidding you. That is, it's not saying that I've had to do that. I've what I would feel better, right. I'd start feeling better over the summer, right. Myself. And I'd be like, oh, I think I'm just going to, you know, taper that off. And I'm not, I don't need that anymore. And this, this summer it was uh, Xanax. Um, I had stopped taking Xanax. Right. And um, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. And now <laughs> I'm on a new anxiety med <laughs> and they've increased, you know, my, um, my, my typical, like my daily long, long acting med. And uh, like, so I have a short acting and I have a long acting and not, it's not a Xanax. She doesn't want, even though I was on such a low dose, but anyway, we're trying out this gabapentin thing, which is gabapentin is typically you'll find people have epilepsy seizures, even animals, you know, take that, but apparently it's also helpful with, with anxiety. Um, Jerry's still out on that, but anyway, I think that it's, it's really important that when our kids are, going through certain things and intensities, the same kind of focus also needs to be on our regulation and you may need that for yourself. So even it's like, it's kind of, you know, it's part of the same conversation. Do I want to have to need those things? No, but it's okay that I do. And it makes yes. me yeah. be able to yes. function and, you know, have a certain quality of life, why we're navigating more intense waters. Cause it's, mm -hmm. there are just times where life is just more intense yeah. and, and it can be really unanticipated. And so, um, I risk it's, it, it happens where you just don't think about like, Oh, do I need to adjust something in me? But it was even like, you know, the care providers even trying to be like, Hey, I know I'm noticing, I'm thinking you may need a little bit more help. Like, you know, have you made any changes recently um, to like things you're doing for your own self-care? And I'm very open and honest with the whole entire team. And so just even evaluating that and having those conversations, it allows us to come up with a better strategy saying, okay, I need to go do this for myself. And being prioritizing myself is even part of like my parenting goals inside of my kids' treatment plans. So, um, that's really important thing to kind of, to point out here, yeah. um, since we are such yeah. big self-care advocates as well. Well, yeah, and it, it's mental multifaceted. Health. Yeah. There's just mm -hmm. so many aspects to it. And I, I want to kind of end with this and, and you guys can chat and then we'll, if you have comments and then we'll, um, wrap it up. But, um, medication is, is a vital part of each of our lives mm -hmm. and we, we really feel like it's it's it can be very positive in your life, mm -hmm. but it's not the only thing, right? Um, we are all actively we have therapists and um, different kinds of um, other non medication ways to help our children um, and to help ourselves, and mm -hmm. some of that is that self care. Um, you can you know a lot of people like supplements and we're not anti-supplement. There are supplements out there that are great, mm -hmm. but it is very, very individualized. And you really have to do your research just like you do with the medications, just like mm -hmm. you have to do with any kind of therapy you try. It's there, there is not one solution for everybody. Um, just because you have an autism diagnosis doesn't mean that medication even, is the only thing you should do or that right. supplements are the only thing you should do or essential oils or whatever it is like <laughs> it's just it's not there's not one thing and um and you really have to to do your own research and look into it and decide what you want i i dabble in all of those things mm -hmm. and um i 
you know, I, I feel there's benefits f- for all of them um, for for various reasons, not only for myself, but for my children. And, and that's, a you know, it's okay. And um, talking to other moms out there and seeing what they like and what they don't like and doctors and therapists and things, it, it can be really, really helpful. Um, and we're hoping that this conversation can maybe just kind of give you some ideas and thoughts and just look at it maybe a little bit differently if you're especially about medications it is scary because you know just like you take anything it yeah. can affect you it can change things and it's it's you don't know what's going to happen the anticipation and the the unknown is is um can be can be very nerve-wracking so yeah I, I will I will always say and advocate for starting with your doctor and if yes. you don't feel if you don't feel like you have that um, relationship and and they are um, not working for you or on your team then it's probably time to find a new one um, whether it's for you or your your child your pedi- the pediatrician um, mm-hmm. so but start there always you know start there and then and then move on like yeah there's yeah. there's lots of different avenues and with the internet and social media and podcasts and there's just so much information out there it can be really overwhelming but mm-hmm. you do have information and you have ways to to really look into it um but we just really want to make sure that you understand that just because this works for us doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for you and that's okay yeah. you uniquely yeah. you yep yeah yeah all right well thank you everyone um we hope this has been helpful. Um, and we will continue to update. I don't know if we'll have specific episodes where we update everyone on all of our medications we're taking, but, but we'll let you know how things are going. And if we have any significant changes, um, you know, if we found something that's helpful, we, we of course would like to share it. So, mm-hmm. um, have a great day and don't forget to take your meds tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to remember to take mine. Well, I think I take mine in the morning. Um, <laughs> or in the morning or the afternoon or whenever you need to take it. Or whenever remember your doctor your tells meds. you to take it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, See okay. you later, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.